Hello, friends. Welcome to the show. This episode is brought to you by real estate agent Cole Humphreys. Today, we get to speak with Nate Gutierrez. Nate is the current GM of the Texas Airhawks baseball team. Today, we get to talk about all the fun stuff surrounding baseball, including designated hitter. Enjoy. Two, one. Nate Dog, what's up, man? What's up, baby? Appreciate you coming out. Um, Nate Gutierrez is the uh, current GM of the Grand Prairie Airhogs um, and uh, uh, has become a good friend of mine. And we wanted to invite him out to talk a little bit uh, about minor league or I guess I guess equivalent to minor league, but independent league baseball. Yeah, it's, it's considered a minor league. Okay. So I think anything that's not MLB, they consider a minor league. I think they even kind of group in like Japanese professional league. They call them minor leagues, yeah. if you will. Well, I'm glad you even said Japanese. That um, makes me think of the Asian, and of course, their hogs um, yeah. and their Chinese influences. Yeah. You want to touch on that a little bit? For sure. So um, the full backstory is kind of Donnie Nelson, a few years back, took over ownership of the Air Hugs. Um, he's currently the Mavericks GM. He has had a deep history in China and really just overseas in general. He That's kind of been his angle from an NBA GM perspective is yeah. finding international talent. Um, and a lot of times you can find better players internationally that are just being overlooked by other teams yeah. from lack of resources. And I think a main factor is when you talk about Donnie is he's been there for 18 years now. So he's had time to really build out an international scouting group. Yeah. And they've become really proficient at it. Um, whereas other teams kind of turn over GMs a lot. Sure. When you think about international staff, those people also get turned over when regime yeah. changes happen. Well, it's interesting because you got almost an endless amount of uh, of players yeah. over here. You forget. You, I mean, you almost don't don't need to go overseas in some cases, which makes you until ignore you that. find a Luka Doncic. Yeah, Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> right until yeah. you find them. Right, like you don't think you need them until you're like, man. And a lot of times is. You can get them either later in the draft or simply through free agency because they're unknown. They're simply unknowns. Yeah. And even Luca, the fact that we got him at three was on the basis of unknowingness. I know. Uh, the other GMs weren't sold, if you will. I love how the Mavericks just uh, went from 20 years of Dirk and then they just drafted Luca right uh, as if it was a plan all along. We only draft You'd foreign think. players. And or I think there's even the Greek freak story. I'm not sure if you've heard that. Uh, Giannis? Yeah, that Donnie wanted Giannis. Really? And uh, it was kind of. Um, it was. Um, yeah, that's good. I would say Mark, Mark Cuban says that's his biggest regret because Donnie, obviously, being an international presence, always wants international guys. So this guy's like, oh, I got this seven footer from. Greece, you know, he can really play. It's a stud, man. And, and Mark Cuban was like, okay, another one of those international guys that you want me <laughs> to draft, et cetera, et cetera. Um, traded, we traded down a few spots at the time to draft Shane Larkin to create cap space for DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. That was the DeAndre Jordan locked up in his house that offseason. So we traded back a few picks, missed on Giannis. Yeah. Mark Cuban's like, obviously, I blew that one. <laughs> um, but to get where we are now, it's kind of the same mold. Donnie's like, hey, I got this kid from Slovenia. Get I was Rosebud. never comfortable about chasing uh, DeAndre. That was always kind of weird. I know we wanted the big guy. but Yeah, Texas kid, too. Something. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's from Houston. So okay. he went to A&M. There's that kind of connection. A&M, okay. There's that. that kind of connection. He wanted to come back home. That made sense. Um, and that's why I thought, you know, maybe. Like, you know, if we can get him over He was good at the time when we first wanted yeah. him. Not when we got him the second time. Was the post-game, in my opinion, seems like it's almost disappeared altogether in the NBA. Is there really like a post-up player? I think uh, talking about chasing free agents in general is, is always a interesting game, unless you're big market team, Lakers, Knicks. So are the Air Hogs uh, chasing free agents? Or do you all have specific folks for that? How yeah. much involvement do you have with that? A lot. Yeah. I'll have a lot. And so I'll kind of bring this whole conversation full circle real quick in that Donnie Nelson brought over the first – Chinese NBA player. Yeah. So Wang Zhuzhu oh, uh, yeah. came to the Mavericks. And just because of the way their country's set up, sport is centralized by the government. There's one lady yeah. who kind of oversees all of Chinese sport. Wow. So naturally, Donnie bringing over Wang Zhuzhu, first player, that was a big deal for them. Good PR. We're going to the NBA. 
they have a really they have an affinity a bit for Donnie, I think, and yeah. that he kind of took that chance on the first player. He just created that relationship too, hundred right? I percent, mean, and and continue to develop it. And yeah. now I think basketball is becoming more global. Um, China is becoming a big market for the NBA. Yeah, and Donnie was even kind of ahead of that curve. He was kind of an early mover to build those relationships. Well, how many people live in China, man? Like. It's got it's just yeah. by simple numbers. Yeah, they were saying Wuhan. We'll get back to that, but Wuhan has 14 million people. Wow. To think about, and that's that's not even a big city. We don't even, even consider that a yeah. big city, right? And it has 14 million people, so three times our population as well. Yeah. So it's a, it's a uh, huge DFW. Country. The the country, their country okay. has three times our population. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the whole the whole thing, thing which is yeah. pretty crazy. Billion. Um. So getting back to that, Sharon and Donnie have kind of maintained this relationship. At one point, um. China decided that they wanted to continue to invest in sports. They're kind of they they're kind of middle class is growing now. They're they're taking that next step into investing in sports. Baseball had not been a like a top sport for them. They kind of always played basketball. Well, soccer became a prevalent sport so, for them. Uh, I got to be careful about interrupting you because I, I don't want to get off track. But Japan, yeah, was no, a little bit better at baseball. Great baseball right? country. No, but, not a little. Great. Right, uh, but then. It's so easy from our country to oh, yeah. throw Asia into, under one blanket. Whereas 100%. And Japan's so, good. China, maybe not so much. Korea's good. Another okay. Asian country. Taiwan is good. Another okay. Asian country. So, yeah, it's easy to group them in. I think the difference between those countries and China is when you think about World War II, China was on the Axis side. Yeah. And Japan was on the Allies side. And those Axis countries were against any western influences right oh, wow. so like, when you think about baseball very much a western influence an american created game wow. we define ourselves in that game itself so that's they consider that western influence they didn't play baseball in the country for 40 years i think a good large gap of 40 Jeez. years so then they kind of reintroduced it i think like in the 90s like not even not even too far too long ago they reintroduced baseball heavily back into it but they've had a hard time kind of maintaining a professional league yeah. and developing good players um, so they kind of, and now that the Olympics are in Tokyo coming up, um, mm. baseball is actually a, what they call a fringe Olympic sport. So basically as a host country, you're so we're 2020, is it 2028? Yeah. Or this in year Tokyo. is the Olympics. Yeah. A couple months in, in uh, Tokyo. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Coronavirus behaves. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But basically Hope when you're, so. when you're a host country, you, you're told you have to host these certain events. 100-meter dash, there's a okay. list of those. And then there's some that are – you get to take one in, one out, depending on – like, we don't – like, you baseball isn't played every year. It yeah. does, it's dependent on the host country. Is that because America wins all the time? Uh, we haven't won, actually. We've only won once. We've, Japan's beat us twice. Japan's beat America twice. Yeah. And that's one thing. We don't have our professionals. Not that yeah. it'd be that – I'm not saying we're going to be that much better, but – But, yeah, it's – We don't send our best – we're in we're in baseball season when the Olympics go on too, so yeah. that's that's Thanks. another factor. Um, but so basically, baseball is one of those fringe that can go in or out. So the countries that are good at baseball bring it back, yeah. and the countries that aren't good Don't. take it out. Yeah. So in this year, Japan's very good; it's yeah. going to be in. In four years, it's France; they're not good; it's going to be out. And then 2028 is the North America, the LA, the United okay. States one. So it'll and be back. Of course, for it'll sure. be back. Um, so Japan. I mean, with Japan hosting, being in China's backyard, they wanted to get better fast. Yeah. And so they started drumming up ideas about how they could get better. Yeah. So they kind of settled on the idea of sending their national team and collection of best players to the States to train, get better. And the ultimate goal four years ago was this year, 2020. Um but they were then they had to decide how do they want to do that. Yeah. You know, they can't just they can't necessarily just create a team and a league and there's a lot of factors that go into it. So they kind of talked with MILB, which is the affiliated system associated with the major league teams about hey, how can we partner? Yeah. And they were like, well, you know, you can split two here, two there. You could put two in Greensboro, North Carolina, you could put two in Frisco, you could put two in players. Players. Yeah. Yeah, so they were going to kind of break them up in that realm. Um, they kind of went back on that idea because that defeats the purpose of growing the national team. They're not playing together as a team, yeah, right? Yeah, together. Huh. So then the next option they kind of looked at was IMG Academy, which is in Florida, uh, which has become basically a factory for athletes. A lot of, like if you see sometimes high school athletes go to what they call prep schools after their senior year. Sure. They go to that one-year prep 
Yeah. To, so that's what IMG is basically. They have hundred million dollars of worth of facilities. Wow. I mean, it's an it's state of the art, full training technology built out to the nines. Yeah. They consider going there, training there for a couple of years. How, what? How are they funded? By the government. Yeah. No. 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 Oh, IMG, IMGs. Pri- oh, private. Uh, private investors wow. and I, I don't know the detail mostly sure. private investors but i think there's they're getting money from other places um but they considered img to go train there for you know a couple of years they had the technology they had all the things the problem was they had no league to plan there was nobody to play right i mean they could have played i guess some of the local high schools yeah maybe some of the junior colleges but it wasn't going to be on a set schedule there wasn't going to be a collection of games preset that they knew we were going to play it that they're preparing for it was sure. probably just going to be pop up here pop up there so the third option kind of came i think in discussions with donnie donnie was like hey i own a minor league team in dfw area here in grand prairie and we'll let them bring in their own coach you can hold 13 of our 23 roster spots um so that's that's where the deal started four okay. years ago so okay so if, uh, cali four years ago yeah I did I feel like the last two years they've been here. They've been here for the last two, but this whole project started yeah. four years so ago. So Don Donnie owned the team the previous two years, or was that he in the process of doing that? Uh I think Donnie's on the team now. This will be Donnie's fourth season owning the okay. team. So three seasons ago is when he purchased it. And I think it was kind of right at the same time. It was kind of all in one Yeah, is kind of one um it, it took a while for it to actually the pieces to come together too. It's impressive how you these big deals you don't just them yeah, together years. it's a lot of um are are the olympics going to affect your roster this year 100 percent. yeah 100 yeah, um and coronavirus the combination yeah. of the two right so um i mean so if it's too big of an issue and they are they considering not playing type deal or is who can corona virus going to affect having yeah the so olympics interestingly period? enough um the guys that left here from grand prairie last september went and played in a qualify olympic qualifier in october i think it was in hong kong or taiwan one of those and they got their highest finish ever so yeah. so that it kind of proved that the program did what it what it wanted um and now they have a qualifying tournament in april for the final like there's three teams that are in only four teams actually make the olympic because of time restraints. Yeah. So a lot of teams are kind of in the Olympic system bracket playing, but like at in Tokyo, it's only going to be I think four or six teams Jeez. that actually kind of qualify. And the states is yet to qualify. The Dominican Republic is yet to qualify. And I read yesterday that the Dominicans going to send some good players to sure, make sure that they qualify. Yeah. They uh they usually they usually is it the baseball classic or World Baseball Classic. Yeah. yeah, that's usually a real competitive. Um yeah, that's a great event. Um, but basically, so they, they had this, they have this now because they qualified. So they did so well in the October tournament, they have to play in this April qualifier. I would say 5% chance, if I'm being honest, that they actually make into those final 16. There's still good teams that need to qualify. (laughs) Um, so they were going to play in April and we don't start until mid May. So that allowed a little time period. Okay. Um, they usually don't come until like May 2nd or 3rd anyways. Yeah. So two days ago it was announced that that qualifying tournament is now being pushed back until June because of the coronavirus. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So now we have another obstacle to kind of overcome and I'm not, I'm really not sure how it's going to work out yet. I think yeah. it's kind of fluid. Uh, but then on top of that timing and schedule, are you going to be calling me up to come in and pitch a couple of games? Uh, you're laughing, Cole. Yeah. <laughs> you're laughing. I mean, yeah. So we're kind of in the, pro- we're kind of playing a plan a and play B right now. I yeah. think we're kind of planning, Hey, we hope they get a chance to come back and do the thing, but realistically, I mean, it's 80 days away now. So, yeah, it's hard to. So we kind of got to uh, start looking at other options, and we're actually hosting the league-wide tryout. Yeah. Uh, league-wide. League-wide, yeah. So the first one that the league is actually hosting. Um, I mean, is St. Paul still in? St. Paul's still in. So league, yeah. that's still a league-wide tryout, even though St. Paul's thousand miles away. So they're all coming in, yeah. Okay. So they, it's a league requirement for every team to send a representative in. And this is an open tryout. Two hundred bucks. Whoever you sees, bucks, you yeah, can, you can try out. Whoever sees the advertisement, yeah, um, a little bit. Uh, I think I think how it realistically happens is we're in pretty good contact, the GMs and our baseball operations people, with agents. Yeah. A lot of agents who 
because I think if you think about where our players typically come from, aside from a uh, international deal, they come from guys that were in minor league systems that have either gotten hurt yeah. or just kind of fizzled out for whatever. Sometimes behavioral, sometimes yeah. can't pass a drug test in reality. Sure. For whatever reason, they, um, they fizzled out of that minor league system, but they still want to play. The goal is still there, and there's opportunities for them to get picked back up. If a guy is really – like behavioral issues is, is the issue, not as much on field – yeah. Those guys can typically hold an agent. Yeah. Even after getting released, because there's that potential still potential till. Well, an agent that's part of his job is work that. Hundred percent. Earn some money. And we and I get emails from agents every single day. Really. Every single day, about I got this lefty that throws ninety nine. I'm like, dude, if you got a lefty throwing ninety nine, <laughs> either one, you're not being a good agent because he should be an affiliated yeah. ball, or two, he ain't a lefty who throws ninety nine. Right, 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 right. Good point. Um. Well, so I remember when I was very involved with the air hogs at one point and yeah. I, I had some real sharp young men uh but two or three of them would live in a host home for sure we still and, do that okay good uh and then you had a you guy looking? you need one all right I, I need a place to stay oh you need a host family <laughs> yeah um but then there was a guy who had a signing contract the year before yeah for a million dollars and he got hurt and wasn't in the league anymore, and he was up there. So he's driving a H two and owns a home. So funny, so funny story. We, um, it's like one of the first questions we ask when we talk to a guy. Like, can you? Because we're only by league rule allowed to provide housing for five players. Okay. Paid. Otherwise, like a St. Paul, yeah, who makes money hand over fist, could yeah. get the best players on the basis of I'll put you in X Y Z place. Wow. Uh, I'll pay you this much. So it's a competitive balance. Thing. Five though, five. still still same rule though. They can only do five. Yeah, they can only. Do, so yeah. that's the kind of the competitive balance of it okay. is that they can, but unlimited host families. Sure. So the team can actually pay though for an apartment, and we do. Yeah. So for certain situations, a guy may not want to live with a host family, or for whatever reason, we don't want them to stay with a host family. Yeah. Um, so we're allowed to put five up, and so one of the first questions we ask guys is, can you? find local housing so if you're a guy from dallas and you're apples to apples with a guy from california and we're gonna have to pay with this guy from california reality yeah. is buddy from dallas probably gonna works. get on the team yeah uh so that's kind of a factor right and one of our he players throws last 95 instead of 96 sorry sorry uh tyler matzik was a first rounder i think 11th overall maybe yeah went ahead of mike trout which is i would never talk to him about that personally but <laughs> pretty interesting thing crazy about. He um, made it all the way to the bigs, actually, with the Rockies. Yeah. Um, very good. Lefty, legitimately 97, 98. Um, first round. I mean, he went, got drafted high, made it all the way through. And just kind of his, he goes through these mental lapses where he can't find it. Hmm. So, like, when he's on, like, probably fire. one of the best you've ever seen. Gold. But when he loses it in spurts. Oh, and so man. So, twice in a row now, he's uh, he got cut from the Rockies, that whole good. He came to – came to our place, um, pitched for two months, got picked back up, <laughs> went to spring training, got cut, came yeah. to pitch for us for two months, got picked back up, and now he's with the Braves system. Uh, he'll probably start the year in AAA for the Braves. Yeah. Um, but the funny story is, is I was like, hey, man, uh, housing, that's going to be a it's gonna be a thing. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. He's like, my signing bonus barely even touched it, dude. I can afford a couple thousand bucks a month in rent. Yeah, be right. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, I mean, he was a high draft pick, saved his money. And I, I, the, the comparison well. is double A ball, right? I would say it, right about it. Yeah. I would say because most – and I only say that because most of the guys that get signed from our league go to double A. After. They right. don't go to single A. Not, not sometimes, typically, yeah. depending on age and depending on – like we had a guy last year, Josh Prince, uh, was our shortstop. We picked him up from the Diamondbacks organization and kind of a career minor leaguer, but a very, very good ball player. I think, yeah. he's, I think he's had one at bat in the major leagues, interestingly enough. Um, Single A is probably younger guys, right? Typically, yeah. Yeah. Just like cut, welcome in, break. So, so there's loose. like, it's crazy to think about. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but the MLB is considering cutter, cutting some minor league teams really? from the bottom. But reality is, each organization has about eight teams. Yeah. So they're talking rookie ball, short season A ball, A ball, long season A ball, double okay. A, triple A, and the majors. Okay. So there's a lot of processes, and that's typically because they're trying to stall in a lot of reasons. A lot of in MLB, 
you can draft a guy from high school. Yeah. So you can go as an 18-year-old. He might not be ready by 23, right? Right. So I put you on my rookie ball team. Well, and one year later, I got to draft a whole other group of guys. So now you have to keep going up. Yeah. So some people don't necessarily move at the same rate. Some some people fly through a system to the bigs. Some people, they have to start. Like, uh, I, I see the potential, but we're not ready to move them up yet. So they've created all these teams essentially to kind of drag guys through the process. Is the Are the best players, it seems like, don't go to college. Isn't that kind of interesting how that works? Well, and the other thing is, too, in – And I'm saying on average, obviously, there's guys that come course, out of college that 100%. are – um, the thing is, it's kind of like football in that if you sign a D1 deal, you got to go three years. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's not like the basketball where you can go one and done, touch college yeah. and out. And baseball, it's three. So it's a bigger commitment, especially when someone's offering you even small amounts of money for a signing bonus. Yeah. 100000 or go play three years in college. Like 100000 that's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to still be playing and getting paid. And a lot of them of the mindset, let me get in and just – see if i can hack it so the cutting of a few of the a teams ultimately benefits independent league wouldn't 100%. it yeah 100 yeah, percent. because like i said those guys that they've been able to drag along now will no longer get dragged they're going to get cut and we're going to get to essentially drag them out um, for these teams for those listening saint paul is sold out like every game so seven thousand fans a night yeah seven thousand fans a night bill murray um, owns them but Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Wow. And then, yeah, you hear great stories about Bill Murray up there. He actually works the game sometimes, does like he? in wigs, and yeah, he that he, sounds he, like he him. takes tickets, like yeah. he does the normal. How long has he done that? Do you know? Oh man, as long as you can. Yeah. Now, um, are they doing something special, or is that location thing? Oh, I, I mean, there's a lot of factors. Yeah. There's a lot of factors. I mean, location is the main factor for them. I was just on the phone with the GM from St. Paul two days ago, and it was snowing. Right. Yeah. So they have long, harsh winters, Yeah. Um, and we start in mid-May, right when the weather turns, turns. 70 and perfect. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, that's a big mover for them. And we have other northeast – we have other northern teams. We have Winnipeg, who's kind of the same way. Okay. So interestingly enough, the first three weeks of the season, St. Paul, Winnipeg, uh, Sioux City, all those north teams all come to play in the south. Yeah. Because they have snow on their field Everything's in some Everything's still cases. falling out up yeah, there. <laughs> they still have snow on their field in some cases. Uh, Fargo, North Dakota, that's who we start off with this year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I when, think hey, – We're here. What's the starting – what's your uh, first game? Yeah, May 19th, 7.05. It's a yeah, Tuesday. That's my birthday, and that's – that's common. Every year, it's May 18th or May 19th. I always remember. Right around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right around it. May 18th, May 19th. So May 19th is a Tuesday this year, which is pretty interesting. We typically yeah. start on a Thursday, but. So we've got a, a what? This is 11th year? Uh, this will be the 11th season, yeah. 11th season, man. Yeah. It's been a, I it's forget been a good run how, for how long we've had it. Um, and It's been a good run for the team. And the I want to say um, – in the championship twice and won once or more? Is That's that exactly right. Yeah, right? we actually – In the 10-year ten, ten period, we've good. been in the championship at least twice and won once. You ready, ready for an interesting th- stat of the day? Yeah. St. Paul just won the championship last year. Yeah. They are now tied with the Texas Airhawks in <laughs> American Association championships. We both now have one. So, to your point, they sell out every night. They do a lot of things from a fan perspective. Obviously, the, like I said, the weather helps. Weather. Bill, Bill Murray helps. Yeah. Um, the consistency, they've done it well for so long. Right. So, if Dirk the first. Nowitzki came out to every Air Hall game and, and was actively selling it, we'd be doing better, right? <laughs> 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Nothing against Dirk for not I'm saying. You yeah, have no. an actor like Billy And Bill I Murray. think they were the very first independent team yeah. ever. Like, and, they, and that was wow. at a time when there wasn't really – independent teams like he just created a team yeah. the, the guy who founded the saints uh created a team and was just challenging other minor league teams Jeez. um what about um the, when i was more involved yeah. the, uh, fort worth cats were involved and they just went out they're they're not around the cats are coming back though they are really the cats are coming back next year and actually um next year next year yeah so that's a thing that's a thing Good deal, man. That's the thing. Because the their history alone. The Cats will be back. Uh, they're going to have some hurdles to overcome, I think, yeah. with LaGrave. LaGrave has got beat up pretty good. I imagine. Uh, it's been years, right? It's been years, and since the, the homeless have lived there for since it closed down. So they have every single window in the place is broken out now. Yeah. They've had a few uh, fires. Yeah. Wow. They've had a little fun out there at the LaGrave. But, some, uh, some homeless parties going on But the Cats are coming there. back. Uh, 
I think they're they're hoping next year. I think at worst two years. Yeah. Uh, but they're in the process of coming back, and we're actually getting another team in Dallas at okay. Rivershawn Park. Rivershawn Park. Rivershawn um, Park is right in downtown. Uh, Fort Worth or Dallas? Dallas. Okay. So I I barely leave Grand Prairie, and when I do, it's Fort Worth. You know. Yeah. So. And so uh, Rivershawn Park. I've heard of that. Obviously, where's that? Very at? popular park. It's it's a uh, downtown, da- like right downtown, like yeah. right next to the American Airlines Center. Okay. So I mean, that kind of gives you some perspective. It's a little old field. It's like the oldest field in Dallas. No um, way. I heard a pretty crazy story that. Um, it it was a segregated park. Okay. For uh, wow, at, it's been around like since the yeah. late 1800s, I think. Man, they can Honus so Wagner. Honus that. Wagner. Um, the guy whose baseball card sells for the most ever was a Fort Worth cat, and he's kind of played over okay. at Rivershawn. So they used to kind of play in a league together before it was. And SMU, when they had a baseball program, played at Rivershawn as well. So they may, there's That's a couple it. of connections that you may have linked it through. Uh, but basically, back to my segregation story, was that uh, the first time that they allowed blacks to go to the park um, was when Willie Mays came into town. Okay. So Willie Mays played there in kind of an, exi- in a, in an exhibition game. And uh, I think they did 60,000 people. That's yeah. what they were saying. 60,000 people. N- obviously, 58,000 of them probably couldn't even see the field. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, you're not. Uh, but um, pretty crazy story. Lots of history. So we got multiple teams coming in. So, to yeah. Grand- and then we have a team in Cleburne. In our yeah, league. I know about the Cleburne. So Cleburne has a team. So that could be four teams in the Metroplex, which from a league perspective gives us a lot of staying power, one, but also – a lot of the teams from the north don't exactly like coming down here. It's hot. Uh, it's far. I agree, and and you know, rivalries are created. Yeah. Um, simplicity in traveling. Exactly. Cutting expenses. And that was kind of their point: is like we travel to Texas. Like when you think about when we're coming from Fargo, North Dakota, that's a trek. Um, so to come down here and be able to play four series as opposed to one or two at a time. Um, could really go a long way for them, I think. Yeah. And it, it's good for the league. Like it's it's our league is right up the middle of the US. We're all in the central time zone. Um what um what are you going to do with uh so so you're the GM of the team. And the stadium, yeah. Yeah, and the stadium. So you're not only running the team, you're running almost like an event center. Exactly. I mean you you heard me I was out there on the call. That's why I brought we, it up. We yeah. were talking about uh that was an El Salvadorian like a guy from El Salvador who yeah. wants to come play a soccer match okay. at our stadium. So because it's all turf, because this great city of Grand Prix turned it into turf, that uh allows us large flexibility and yeah. things, you know what I mean? I uh I can recall doing being a ball boy for women's lingerie football. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they did probably five or ten games out there. Was, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hear more about the lingerie football league at Airhawk Stadium than, than, than any other else. event that's ever happened there. I'll tell you one thing that was probably one of the most fun times I've ever had was uh, two consecutive years, um, at least two consecutive years, they had fight night. Yeah, we're actually boxing. In, we're in talks right now with the MMA uh, guy. Okay. And I think that's kind of it. Like, if I looked at my, my – plate for instance right now i mean i'm looking at el salvadorian soccer game mma fight night uh usa team usa softball's coming in in april okay wow very cool uh so we'll talk about that a little bit usa softball's coming in and then obviously air hogs kind of all in the next couple months but it's the reality is it's a baseball stadium but it's built on turf it's just basically a big open field i tell them like hey don't look at don't look at the base pass don't look at any just a big open field to kind of We've had some corporate parties out there where they just set up tons of bounce houses for kids. And yeah, I'll do. I'm open to a lot of ideas. It's a good space. Well, and using it, and it's been, of course, it benefits the team and what they want to do. Hundred percent. Um, you know, 100%. as far as getting players and yeah, and that's kind of the thought, right? So, on we're hosting Team USA softball. They're also an Olympic year. Oh, wow. So, kind of just in conversation with them, they raise money in their Olympic years to cover until the next Olympics. Wow. Yeah. So Olympics are Olympic years are huge for them. And they're actually on a 50-city tour. They're going around the whole country to play at these different stops against colleges and yeah. exhibition teams. And and what I think that does for, for a, from a team or air hog standpoint is we're going to bring in people from all over the Metroplex yeah. because they they have that kind of name power, USA Softball. We're going to get people from Plano who typically go to Frisco Rough Riders games. Or we're going to get people from Louisville that typically go to Frisco Rough Riders games to come to Grand Prairie, experience the stadium, come to you know spend well, your money here. It is such a such a nice stadium. Very nice. I mean, stadium. that's one of the most impressive things. And 
Um, it was ahead of its time. I wish that it sold out more simply because of the stadium, the yeah. attributes that it has. It's set. Um, just got to get a few more folks out there. Yeah, I think um, it was ahead of its time. I think in the building, realistically, the pool and right, the pool and the outfield, yeah. the I mean, fully built out kids' yeah. playground. I mean, that's one of the nicest playgrounds right. at a minor league stadium I've ever seen. And and there's nobody that says, "Oh, I didn't have fun." Right. I mean, yeah. everybody that goes has fun. Um, and, and it's it's a it's a variety of factors. I, oh, sure. One one being that, as a minor league team, we don't have huge a two hundred fifty thousand dollar check every every year. Mark, a, for, a marketing budget, and so when you compare. It's fine if you're in Sioux City, Iowa, and you don't have a marketing budget because yeah. there's not nobody else is spending marketing money either. Right. In our case, obviously, we have two professional teams, yeah. Rangers and Cowboys, Jeez. within less than 15 miles. Uh, you got the, you got the two professional teams, Stars and Mavericks, this way. Yeah. We got Rough Riders out there, and then past just the sports realm, what I'm in is entertainment business, right? Sure. So now sure. when you start factoring in all the entertainment venues, just here in Grand Prairie, Lone Star Park. Oh. Verizon Theater, Epic Waters now, Epic Cent- the whole Epic Central. Um, Major competition going on. It's just a lot. It's just a lot going on. You have to decide, what am I going to do with my you know, disposable income? And we try to bring that family element, and we, um, we're looking to build it. I mean, we're, we're trying to keep at it. And there's, like you said, the, there's the roots are there, the bones are there, for the stadium looks nice, well ahead of its time. We're doing a good job putting on the fun part of it. We just yeah. got to keep at it. Well, I hope the uh, MMA thing works out. And like I said, that boxing deal, I mean, it was so energetic. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I, I was able to buy tickets right up close to the ring. I've never watched a fight that close. Yeah. There's probably five rows of people. But then the entire rest of the stadium was filled out. Um, they had Corona night or uh, Dos Equis night. So yeah, yeah. everybody was Sponsor, drinking Dos Equis. Yeah. And it was just like – and I'm, I'm not telling you to do that, but – that was effective for what for one reason or yeah. another. I want to say one of the promoters, uh, the bigger promoters, got involved, and that yeah, helped out a lot. Um, we're always looking. We're looking at all options, all options on the table, because the reality is we play fifty home games, yeah. and we pay the stadium rent three hundred and sixty-five days. Yeah, so that's yeah, three hundred and ten days to <laughs> to, to do whatever of, you want. Yeah, um, very exciting, um, and and I'm glad that as the GM leader of that that group here in Grand Prairie, you, you stay involved in the community. Hundred percent, I love this um, community. You're, you're involved with the Chamber of Commerce. Um, I know you serve on. Well, well, then you and I do the uh, mentorship program yeah. at Adams Middle School, and uh, let me tell you, man, uh, I, I, that's one of the best things anybody can do. One, you and I aren't taking pictures and post them on the internet and say. Hey, look at us helping yeah. kids. Yeah. Although I want to promote that, yeah. I want to promote the helping of kids. Yeah. I love the fact that you and I and Tracy and those other guys go in there, work with the kids, 100%. and I go think back it's to two work. Things. Like one, like I, my wife called me like right after we left a couple weeks ago, and I just feel like different when I leave there. I yeah. feel like you know what I mean. Like I just feel, I don't feel satisfied, but I feel like there's so much potential and hope right there in those doors right. that we can kind of find ways to bring it out of them those boys are still being molded 100 percent. they're 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 not grown men and i think that's part of it like you get back to oh, i don't let's not do the pictures thing but that's us like the reality yeah. is past past the pictures and all that yeah. we're looking in at, at a mirror and some of those kids no doubt and i love uh you know martin's gotten involved yeah um you know tracy and chris they started this thing and, and yeah uh, luckily they brought me in now they brought you and yeah. and, and then you know Martin and I went there to Adams. Right. And so uh, sometimes I don't feel like I have the best thing to say to these kids. Except that I realize, <laughs> right. Then I realize just about anything I say that's positive is a benefit to these kids. And you, you, I made an assumption that, oh, these kids here, they're tired of, of hearing do better or, yeah. or, or you, need to, you need to get better. But the reality of it is they don't hear. They don't. At least in a supportive manner, anyway, right? Or about the right things. Right. And I've seen their eyes, like, I say the simplest thing, like, you know, study for five, just give it five minutes. And they're like, man. Their eyes like, that's a great idea. Like, like how know, did you not think of that? Right. <laughs> right. Well, you know, they're But then you literally realize that they, they with the, the home life that they have. Um, and I, I don't want to make assumptions for all of them. Some of them probably have 
What? Yeah. And I and I, I remember one of the kids got in a fight, and I think he got in a fight with a girl, and um, he goes, Tracy goes, what if somebody got in a fight with your mom? It's like, man, I'd be, I, you know, see, why you hit, why you getting a fight yeah, with a girl? It's the like stupidest that, yeah. thing. He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a really good thing that they started over there, and I think there was a need, and I'm glad that we've kind of had the opportunity to fill in even the small amounts that we have. Um, yeah, and I hope I think we've talked about it. Try to get a group out there, um, not um, with their school, but as that group going to a game. I'm sure they'd love that. Yeah, sitting in a for sure. Um, we've talked about that a little bit. Hopefully. And it's kind of it's to the mold of like they see us only for an hour uh, in those in those spurts, and like we they they realize that we do good things in the community. Yeah, but they don't really know, right? Nope. You know, they don't know what insurance sales is. They don't right. know what running a team means. But to see us in action could be could be, you know, be a little motivation yeah, for them. One of the problems with that is you don't start till May, and they're they're almost they're out, out of school. That's the thing, yeah. And but I I think we've been talking about trying to get uh, a summer thing going. But anyway, um, I know you do the chamber stuff. Yeah. Um, how's that going? Are you doing? Are you doing? Um, so Andrew Fortune is the chamber of commerce new chairman, right? Yep. Are you involved in that board? I'm not. So. Okay. Um, our old GM JT was going to be the what Andrew is now. JT was okay. Yeah, so he was he was. Um, I've just kind of been around. I think that was to think about where I am now. But when I first started, I was just like a sales rep for the team, yeah. like just trying to get you guys to come out to the game, these yeah. local community people, and that's how I got involved. And for some regards, it was like I don't know anyone. I know this is where a lot of collection of people come. Yeah. Um, and then when you start to meet the people, like you start to learn about Grand Prairie, and just in the four years that I've been here. The growth. There was no Epic Waters. Right. There was no Epic Central. Well done. Those okay. were all ideas. You know what I mean? When did you start with the team? I started with the team four seasons ago. So when Donnie came on, more yeah, or less, very first right? year. Yeah, yeah, first year. And JT was here. JT was here until last season. And he then, now does rugby in Houston. And last season was your first as GM. yeah, and I took over in the middle. So this will be my first full middle season. Middle of last season. Yeah. Oh, wow. This will be my first full season. So you, this is your first swing, dude. That's right. Uh, well, how's it going? I mean. You, it's crazy, man. You kind of. It's crazy. It's like somebody was asking me the other day about, man, I was, when I was growing up, I always wanted to be a GM. Like, it's so cool that you do this, right? Yeah. And it's like, dude, what do you think I was thinking? I also right. wanted to be like, I also wanted to be a GM. How old are you? 27. 27. Um, well, great experience. This will be great oh, experience it's, it's, for it's, it's, anything This else. is what I always like. This is what I always wanted to do. When I was up, ten years old, twelve years old in the morning, six a.m. I really loves this story. Yeah. Six a.m. Watching Sports Center in my notepad, writing down really? stats <laughs> of players. Like obsessive about sports. We're Did going, you go to college? I went to UTSA. UTSA, nice. Okay. Yeah, I went to, they, they have a medical program. San Antonio is a good, good medical city in general. Maybe that's what it, I was studying sports management. I, really? like I, I was mindset. Like from the time I was 12 years old, I knew I was either going to play yeah. or I was going to coach or I was going to be well, involved. Well, then how did you get hooked up with the air hugs? Yeah, that's an interesting story. So I was down in San Antonio, uh, graduated, kind of looking for my gig. And Donnie was like, hey, you can come out to uh, – I got a team. Uh we just I, we know each other through mutual connections. Oh, so you knew? Donnie. Yeah, I knew Donnie ahead good, of time. Good. Uh, so um, he's like, I got a team, but you got to come work on commission only. I was like, oh, Ooh. <laughs> I was like tough sell, tough sell. But at the same time, I was 22 years old. I uh, had very few bills. I slept on my brother's couch for the first six yeah. months. Uh, so you moved up here and didn't have nothing to lose. I'm from yeah. here too, though. Like okay. I went to Louisville. Louisville. Yeah, I went to Louisville. So the farmers, um, right? Biden fighting farmers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Clarify that. Thank yeah, you. That's right. Uh, farmers it sounds like like we're lazy. Yeah. Like we're fighting. Like Come that. on, man. What farmers do you know? Farmers are hard workers, man. What Hardest workers. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But fighting adds that adds that element. Uh, but I came down here. Yeah. Like this is what I knew. I knew I wanted to do. So like, I started as a little sales rep, trying to push some tickets, push some push some deals, and then now obviously it's a new element of. Oh man. Uh, responsibilities yeah i was just trying to push some tickets now i'm trying to figure out how many bats we need to order for the season or are my players coming from china or not yeah um uh, how big what kind of staff do you have over there i mean you got so i know the season obviously game day racks staff, up, yeah but uh full-time we have seven okay so a good amount yeah we have a coach assistant coach included in that no no so that's not so even. yeah that's not even i'm talking front office it's gonna be me have an assistant gm I have a head of sales who's also the broadcaster, a little dual role. Okay. 
then I have two regular just sales reps. One one mostly working on USA softball right now, but they just they were like me. They were ticket pushers, deal pushers, and then we have a social media specialist. I believe is her title. She just handles social media, and then we have a community relations person, Kelsey, who you may you'll start seeing her around more. She kind of okay. takes the mascot out. She does the table appearances nice. and very good. She's really she's really interested in that. So it's a good size staff and. You kind of need it in some regards because you never know, like, what events might pop up. This USA softball thing, um, you can imagine, kind of take a toll on our staff from a planning perspective. We had to go find a well, – I still got to go pick it up from Houston, but temporary fence. Oh, bring Obviously, it in? Yeah, they don't play on the same size yeah. field. Uh, they play at different base links. Oh, wow. They uh, they have huge marketing deals that can't be really, you know, overrided, so we got to worry about – got to take down some sponsorship stuff. Cover gotta some Cover up. some. So it's, it's an undertaking. Wow. But wow. A decent, I'm sure decent rental fee or whatever, get them in there. and It's going to be a great event. Like I said, a lot of it's the exposure. I, mean, I think they can do 2500 a night for as three a, nights in a row. Oh, wow. So I think, yeah. We'll as, uh, being Miss Program Prairie, I'm glad to have 2,500 people come to my city and, and see a good part of it and um, then go to the local eateries maybe. Yeah. Or, and I think getting back to my point was that now I'm a little more busy that I don't get to go to as much ribbon cuttings and I yeah. don't get to be as around the chamber as much. But in the time that I did, you know, you grow an affinity for the people, for the city, yeah. for the buildings, for the new construction. And you're ha- like you're happy. Like I don't live here either, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but Where you at? I live in Addison. Okay. So I live in North Dallas. My wife works up there. Are you doing uh, – is that 161 or how is that? I, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. So, How do you get down? Dallas North Tollway. Okay. To six thirty-five, to loop twelve, to thirty. <laughs> nice, yeah, it's a yeah nice yeah. little drive. It took me like an hour fifteen today with rain, but um, more or less, I just like grown an affinity for like like the, the people, the, the the growth, and it happy. You're happy for the residents who've lived here for so long, for this for the uh, representatives that have been here for so long. Yeah. T- to see some of this new development, to see these new businesses come in, and kind of get the recognition that I think Grand Prairie is kind of. Well, I, as a Grand Prairie guy, I definitely appreciate that, and it is cool seeing the growth. Um, I mean, it's uh, ever increasing. You know, it's slowly grown, and I mean, we added that stadium eleven years ago, twelve yeah. years ago, and but the last couple of years is when you've really seen the actual population just like skyrocketing. I, I was reading because obviously I'm in, I'm kind of looking for a uh, home right now, vaguely, and. Uh, you start looking at best places to live for young people, for different, you know, start looking at the demographics yeah. that match yourself. Yeah. And Grand Prairie pops up. It's affordable. It's kind of trending younger now. Yeah. There's a lot of things going for it. You'll get the, I see this, you'll get the um, high end apartment for, you know, 100 to 150 at least cheaper than where you'd have it like in Dallas or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. You're building the same build. Um, but the rent per square foot's just a little bit cheaper. Yeah. And but they're doing it next to the amenities um, that you'd want to have. Um, so for now, I mean, it's it's. It, and it's not. And I don't I mean like. Obviously, one sixty one is going to get built out, and it's going to start to slow down a little. But sure. there's so much. There's so much land now. Well, generally speaking, like. the the idea is they're just starting, right. you know, and then like a lot of stuff that's been approved hasn't even. Uh, broken ground yet for uh, uh, building wise um, so they're rolling with that uh, yeah it's good to see like it's it's good it's a tourist it's a tourism based city um, it's good to kind of start building in the elements that are going to continue to bring people from other cities to give Grand Prairie that recognition I think a lot of cities are that way um, it's just that Grand Prairie's never received the the benefit. love for it right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And, and now that now it has um, so what about uh what about like actual game strategy and like baseball affinity? Now, of course, you got your coach that pretty much runs that whole part of yeah. it, right? But um, you know, as far as you know, you always talk about the designated hitter or, or um, you know what I mean? Like, you want to get me going on baseball conversations? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, Six-hour no, podcast. Yeah, but there. Uh, I know there's running a team and being a manager, but you got to love baseball, right? I mean, this is not – you just said six-hour podcast, right? Yeah, I, I, could, I could sit here and talk to, about baseball until your wife calls you and tells you to come home. Nice. So The uh, – about uh, – when the Rangers were winning and yeah. about to – went to the World Series, I started keeping score for the first time ever. Wow. And I freaking love it. On, on just 
just kind for of fun. a whim. Like yeah. you just kind yeah. Of... Well, um, I think I either saw somebody do it. I thought, well, I think I could do that. And I, then I started doing it, and then next thing you know, I'm com- I'm completely engaged in the game. I know what the counts are without even having to look. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, this guy flew out to the right last time. He's and so I, and then and then when the team does a shift. You're like, oh, I see why they did the shift. Yeah. This is their his third at bat, and he's gone to the right side every time. Yeah, and I, and I won't get too carried away, but I'll say baseball, I think more than most sports, because of the amount of games, there's 162 games, they play every day. You know, yeah. Like in our season, we play 100 games in 111 days. So you got to imagine, that's playing every day, basically. Yeah. The MLB is equivalently bad. Yeah. Because of that, there's such a large collection of data. And you hear, like, Baseball's turning heavy towards data. So yeah. is all sports, but baseball particularly was kind of leading that movement based on the fact that there's just such a large sum that when you now plug it into these computers and it starts yep. aggregating. I uh, did a daily fan, daily fantasy Yeah. Um, for about two or three years, and I I mean, I just loved it. Yeah. But it, I got to a point I looked up where I was spending hours at a time every day yeah. um, looking for uh, – You're looking for that loophole. Yep. And that's, and that's what a lot of guys are doing. Um, in that, like you've seen Moneyball. Have you seen Moneyball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they did. That's that they were kind of the first to start looking at the numbers a little different and start to try to create a competitive advantage. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Like at the end of the day, they're getting paid millions. They're blah blah blah. It's about those guys' ego and legacy. Yeah, the the daily fantasy guy on the site that I was using, the guy that was had had the most winnings. Yeah, he had the most points per win or whatever it was. Uh, didn't even like baseball. Didn't watch baseball. Yeah, he just ran the numbers, dude. Well, and, and that's there's kind of a there's kind of a weird balance right now going on in baseball. What they call the traditional baseball guy, yeah, and what they call the numbers guy. And you're trying a lot of these new younger GMs. As younger and younger GMs come in, they're basing it more on the numbers. Yeah, the numbers say this, and then there's still the old guard on the coaching side, though. What was the uh, Clint Eastwood movie? Where he was yeah, the yeah, old scout. Yeah. Oh, that, trouble that, with the curve. That's or, trouble. Yeah, yeah. Trouble with the curve is clean. So. Okay. He's like, did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, and he couldn't see, right? And yeah. he was kind of just going on the basis. Of, and there's a lot of that. It's like, hey, your exit velocity is not not that good. I don't think you're going to be a great hitter. And then the guy next to me is only watching on his eye test. He said, no, dude, look at that guy's swing. That thing is going to project out yeah. well in four or five years. So this is always trying to find a balance. I know this is uh, – I know the answer before I think before I say this, but like – if I'm a hitter yep. in the major leagues yeah. and a team shifts, mm-hmm. I'm not a knucklehead that can't sure. turn the ball the other way. Sure. Like, I made it to this level not because sure. I would have been thinned out if all I can do is pull a ball, yeah. right? So so why are we at this point? Why can't the guy – hilarious that you say this. When he shifts, why can't he – the, the I, last, and I know it's not the easiest thing. The last conversation I had before I came here to this was literally about this. Really? Um, in that Joey Gallo, he's the perfect example. Yeah. Joey Gallo, he has light tower power, as we call it. Yeah. And they move everybody to the right side. Four outfielders. He could literally push the ball to the left side for yeah. probably a double. And then what? And that's my point. And then what? You, the result you want him to do, the reason you pay him the money is to hit it out of the park. Yeah. So that I need you to take that swing every time. Sorry. The reality, the reality is that swing also, the, the negatives of that swing hit the ball in certain areas. Yeah. And they've now placed the guys in those areas because they have hit charts. Yeah. They hit literally, and All they just plug long. it into a computer and it just says, this is where he hits it. This is where he hits it. Yeah. And if you start alternating, your, you start you know changing your swing. So let's say he bunts. Now Joey Gallo's on first base. Well, now the guy behind him is not as good a hitter as Joey Gallo. So Joey's just sitting there. So Joey's just going to sit there. And on the first. game was boring. Boring, and we didn't win because yeah. our best player didn't get to do what he does best. Yeah. So. Um, well, there, I don't know, man. There's a philosophy to – and they don't shift everyone, right? Because, like, if you can really hit the ball the other way, like with consistency, sure, they sure, don't sure, shift sure. you. They're yeah. only shifting a certain set of guys. Yeah. Usually. He's, well, and that's, and, and that's the interesting thing is he's proven that he can't – uh, hit the ball the other way. I think he could consistently. I think he could. Yeah. I think he could. He just he would lose the attributes that are good for his game. So at that point, they're selling his swing to MLB subscribers, and I don't mean subscribers, just general people who like the well, Major yeah. League Baseball. I don't uh, mean literally MLB package, but like they're selling the home run swing. Sure. As opposed to 
trying to win a baseball game, or are you saying I'm saying the strategy's changed? Yeah, I think the strategy's changed because last the last three years in a row in the MLB, they've set the most home runs in a season, y- year after year, right? Yeah, yeah, it keeps increasing. So, so what that's based on is that pitchers are also getting better. Yeah. So pitchers are all throwing. 98 miles an hour now we're yeah. back in the day only one guy was starting now they're all throwing 98 wow. so hitters are realizing it's a lot harder to consistently get hits off of the pitchers so yeah. if i hit a single well now i gotta get three more hits to score the him. team has to get three more hits. where i can score them um you're the team you're right the yeah. team has to get three more hits whereas if i take one swing i can create a run so the games start that's interesting so the game's transforming to home run I mean, or strikeout. It's the, what we call the three true outcomes, which is walk, strikeout, or home wow. run. And those are the big three because the strikeouts are also up. Every year that the home runs have gone up, they set the record. They also set the strikeouts. So record. that so that then makes way for you know the guy the the Joey Gallo. Altu- well, I was gonna say no oh. Altuve, who can just slap the ball around all day long and get on base. Don't mean now it's a two run homer though. Right. You know what I mean? It depends on who's behind him, right? Yeah, oh, and like man. the steal, the steal is no longer valuable in the game because if I put you on second, okay, you're on first, I steal second. The old, the old adage was, you steal second, you hit a single, he scores. He scores, yeah. Well, we don't hit singles anymore. They don't uh, hit singles in the ML. Like Joey Gallo hit. Joey Gallo to this day has more home runs than he What's has singles. What's the single stat? Has that been decreasing? Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Um. There's Joey Gallo, like I told you, has more home runs than he has singles. Yeah. For his career, is that the result of the of gaining all the knowledge on? I mean, all the uh, statistics. I, I think mean, so. I mean, because it got harder to hit, right? So because now they had all these numbers about where you were going to hit the ball. He hits the ball here on this. They were doing it by like, if we throw him a changeup in this count. He hits it to this location, 20%. He hits yeah. it to this location, 42%. Yeah. He hits it to this location, 31 So then they start making adjustments. Second at bat, third at bat. And so they start making adjustments around you, and then all of a sudden they've negated your skills. So Jeez. now you have to make an adjustment. And then it's the it's the constant game of adjustments. How cool is that, man? And that that's what happens. And it's like the bunt. So like the, the bunt used to be valuable. Yeah. And that um, same thing. Bunt him over to second, a single scores. Yeah. Well, now – They've they've now do they have numbers and computers do all this aggregating for them. They've realized that a runner on first with zero outs scores forty six percent of the time, and a runner on second with one out scores like forty one percent of the time. Wow. So a little less. Yeah. So that so that so you realize that you have a better chance of him scoring from first without bunting. When Jeez. they didn't have those numbers in the past, they yeah, just yeah, yeah. it was all it was all up here. Okay, so then, in my opinion. That's bad for the game. It's bad to watch. Right. Yeah. I'm less interested in. It's a lot of swing and miss. Swing and miss. I want to see guys run around. I want to see guys. I want to see a bunt in the outfield. I want to see a guy still second. I yeah. want to see a tag. Of course, that doesn't play in as much. But um, that's what I love about baseball. Sure. And and you're telling me generally that the trend is going away from that. And it'll rebound. It'll rebound. Sure. Um, so, what does the designated hitter have to do with that? You think? I mean, you think taking away the designated hitter now puts a, a guy in there that's got to swing and, and get on base as opposed to a designated hitter swinging for the fence. Well, the problem is, so when if you have a designated hitter, you can put whoever you want in that spot. If yeah. you don't, that's the pitcher. You don't, right. get, you don't get to put anyone. That's my point. It's I don't think pitcher. I'd rather have the pitcher because it's more it's a player on the field. Right. So now the thing about it in comparison, now they're throwing 99 miles per hour. So like back in the day, like the best athlete, Bob Gibson, he was still a pretty good hitter. Now yeah. they become so specialized in so many things that yeah. these pitchers have almost zero chance of getting a hit. Well, it's almost like, so the pitcher is now the kicker. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's on the field. He's a very vital asset and, and they'll win the game and you got to have a skill, but you ain't hitting anybody. I mean, yeah. I mean, so a pitcher is now becoming, yeah, he's the mo- very vital part of the game, and he'll win it. But and that and that's kind of where they realize, like, is it do, why? Why do we still let pitchers hit? Yeah. Now it's becoming a like there's injury concerns. Obviously, you know, a guy's throwing 99, it hits your pitcher in the back. Yeah. And now he's hurt. That's a problem. But also, um, I'm, I think I'm. I think I, I stick with the purist. I think I'm a. I'm a pitcher. I'm a no no DH. Oh, I'm a no DH guy really? personally. Yeah, because I, it's the strategy that's created. The whole reason I love two sports, two, my two favorite sports, fighting 
and baseball. Yeah. And both of them have a common occurrence. It's high stakes chess. That's yeah. what you're playing. And fighting, you're playing really high stakes chess. Yeah. You're playing one <laughs> shot away from being out cold chess. Yeah. And baseball, you're playing back and forth chess, but the stakes aren't as high. But it is winning and losing is being the determinant of a lot of minor adjustments, a lot of counteracting the other person. Yeah. Um, and so because there's so much strategy and that I personally appreciate, I think that's why I like the DH because the DH now creates the manager to think, do I let the pitcher hit here? Yeah. Do I bun him over? Do I do things? Whereas a DH, you're like, please go swing away. Do your thing. <laughs> there's no, there's just less thought. Yeah. And, and like, so I, I've concluded that DH is, is not good for the game and you've proved it to me by saying it's a swing it's a, a home run yeah, strikeout or walk yeah three true outcomes uh, the three true outcomes uh, and the dh is a promoter of that 100 yeah um, absolutely i i think i like the time that they put uh to speed up the game a little bit yeah um except for i think it's almost guaranteed that's how long it's going to be uh yeah, the guys are going to take that full time yeah. that they need. Um, yeah, I kind of like that pitcher that would come out, pitch, get the ball back, ready to go again, pitch. Yeah, I think there's kind um, of two There's two obstacles that baseball as a whole faces going forward. One, they're bad at media exposure. They don't do well promoting their athletes. They don't yeah. do well getting highlights out there. And I think that's an agreement with BAM. So, like, if you watch the NBA, you go on Twitter and you type in Luka Doncic, you'll see highlight galore yeah. from okay. Tommy Boy 42 can post Luka Doncic highlights. Wow. But legally, the NBA owns the content, right? So they could tell him to take it off. Yeah. So, But NBA doesn't. If you're the MLB, the MLB does. The MLB, oh. if you go post a home run of Mike Trout, like if you Mike Trout hits a home run and you post it, it'll be down in less than three minutes. No way. Less than three minutes. Basketball, they promote it because they see that as, as a somebody else so go doing the marketing Mike. for them. That allows right exactly free marketing, um, and so if if the three true outcomes continues to happen, the steal highlight, the yeah. running the the turning a, a, a double into a triple highlight. Yeah. The, so that was my next. So that so they have a marketing problem. Yeah. And they have a time of game slash pace of play problem yeah. and that people have always perceived baseball anyways as a slow moving yeah. game it's a timeless game there's no time right you got to get 27 timeless outs, game. however long that takes love it it's 27 outs so basketball you can run down the clock at the end you, yeah. can, you can make the game kind of speed up in ways yeah baseball it's 20 like you got to get them well know. in basketball you're playing a certain amount of time yeah. and the game's over um you can't extend it um you, you only have you only have a certain amount of timeouts right um so it's going to be over yeah, so I think baseball kind of built up this perception. And it, and it was like that because it was a social event. Like it was the it's America's I mean it's America's pastime. It yeah. doesn't get that nickname for no reason. And that's because people were going to these games as a lot of times social events. They didn't care how long it took. They didn't right. they didn't the talk and game. They weren't yeah, it was the, they didn't care about how long the pitcher took to get out there cuz this was our entertainment. Well, now as a society, partially because of our phones, partially just because we can now involve ourselves in so many different activities we want things fast yeah on my time i don't want downtime I don't or it wanna... keeps you engaged the whole two and a half three hours you're watching a game right not what watching a batter take five practice swings check his gloves well, and i think tap part of it shoes. is too like now between innings um between innings we play those we play at the airhawks minor league those fun games and yeah. we try to create those you know that little atmosphere the reality is a lot of people just go like this, right? Look at their phone in between innings, right? So, so between the inning, you actually have something that engages them. Which, whether they watch their phone or not, you're doing your part. Well, sure. when a guy takes a swing, backs out of the box, checks his gloves, yeah. takes three or four practice swings, checks his feet, steps one foot in, steps the other foot in, readjusts his back readjusts. five times. Yeah, and you got nothing to fill in. And then, and then he throws. And then the pitcher throws. Ball, ball one. Yeah. Steps out and does it all Start again. Start over. And <laughs> so you got again. 15, 20 seconds between each pitch. It's it, nothing. That's that's brutal. Yeah, and that's where that's where the, you hear those sound clips, those char that's where charge came from. Okay. Dun, 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 that yeah. that sound. That was just to, to fill, fill some of that some downtime. Downtime. I do enjoy typically 
from past, some of the best conversations I've had was sitting and watching a baseball game. It's um, a great casual game, a good, yeah. Good friend, out on a date with a girl, whatever it was. Um, and, and, and that's the fun part. But except now, when I go, I want to keep score. Right. I'm pulling a piece of paper off a magazine. Be cool, and, be cool like, date idea. Let me teach you how to score. Well, how to score, right? <laughs> exactly. Nah. Uh, um, interesting, though, huh? The scoring aspect of it, the numbers of the positions. And- so much fun, man. I, I, I mean, I, and, and then sometimes I'm like, wait, how do I score that? I mean, here's this, but here's that. And I've got to pull up my phone and, oh, and yeah. figure it out. Oh, yeah, it can get tricky sometimes. Yeah. We have an official score. Interesting, we have an official score for the team okay. that can't actually work for the team. He works for the league. Oh, really? Technically, but we hire him. And uh, our coaches and our the other coaches, nobody gets more flack at the stadium than the scorekeeper. Really? They're like, that was a hit. That was an error. That was. Of course, after, right? Of course. Yeah, they can't yeah. do it during. And and somebody in the dugout's probably keeping score too, right? I know uh, that they used to do that. Like uh, when I went to high school, my friends that played, yeah, they would. I don't think they do it as much in the dugout because they know we have an official score. Yeah, um, they can go back and look. Yeah, and they do, and they get. Yeah. Ma- and I think when you, it, it's like you want to be empathetic to the situation, right? Because if they complain every day all the time, like you're just a complainer. But at the yeah. same time, <laughs> these guys are. This is their livelihood. Like that error. If you have five errors instead of three errors, yeah. When because a lot of times it's just a numbers game. Like that scout comes to the game, he pulls out the catalog. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Five errors. Eh, probably not. Not my hey, guy. Hey, so uh, the MLB obviously their stats and and detail. Uh, they got the resources and time um, to fill in that. Is that available? Is that as as rampant in the minor leagues? Or is a little bit more pure? It's becoming. So, like, the MLB has gone to this program called TrackMan. Yeah. And uh, it literally does as it says. It tracks men. So, what basically, they just – it's like – I think it's like 250 or 300 cameras yeah. that they install in the stadium Jeez. to track just players, like how fast they're running. And it's live. Like, yeah. they, they can literally see how fast the guys – how it's far – insane. If you watch, like, in the World Series, a good example um, – when a guy's taking a lead, it'll say eight feet, and okay. then it'll take a step, and it'll say nine feet. Wow! And it'll take a step back, and it'll go eight feet. Well, that's God. these cameras. That's these cameras who are tracking every single movement. I think it's crazy. They start tracking the spin rate on the baseball. Think about that. Yeah. They track how many times the ball turns over from the pitcher's hand to the catcher at ninety-nine miles an hour. I'm over here learning how to take a a still video. And put it onto a editing program yeah. and, and make it not look stupid. Ridiculous. And these guys are telling me how many times the ball's spinning, turning uh, over, and that's that's sixty feet six inches. Pretty much live, right? Yeah, to the second, and yeah. um, so they have they they. But this is very expensive technology, oh, as you yeah. can imagine, right? So, plus um, I imagine the turnover in in um, in the independent league makes it even tougher harder, yeah. to develop any type of book on anybody. Yeah, and that and so like but now the MLB now that they have all this data, they're becoming relying on it. They're cutting their scouting staff. Like the Astros cut their scouting staff to, to almost nothing. They don't need them. Like yeah. the data is going to tell me everything, right? Yeah. So now from teams like our league, the Atlantic League, which is another independent league, and a lot of the minor league systems, they're wanting these data on these guys. So the MLB in a lot of cases is forking up the dollars so that they can get the data. Yeah. So it's becoming more accessible to. It's worth them investing in the lower leagues, so they'll have it. Because when the guys... because think about all the money. That, so what used to happen? Let's say, uh, let's use James Paxton. He's a good example. Pitcher for the Yankees. Yeah. Former Air Hog. So he played for the Air Hogs, and when he was playing, oh, he's six five, lefty throwing ninety seven. That's all you know. Probably should go send a guy out there to go check that yeah. out. All right. Yeah. So you pay, you buy him a plane ticket, you get him a hotel. He goes out there for three days. He only gets to watch him pitch once. Yeah. He takes a few notes. He throws this hard. Blah blah blah. Now it's like, hey, just send me the data. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, it. I'm not click, s- click here. I'm not sending the guy out there for that. That's and now good. to that point, they uh, now they go data first. If your data numbers are good, then they send the guy out. Right before it used to be send the guy out. Yeah. We'll figure out if he's good or not. Now it's reverse. So it's y'all's data then, or is it the data that they invested? We don't have it at our stadium right. yet. But as it goes around, I'm not exactly sure what the arrangements are. But I'm, sure. I'm going to assume that's a that growth. That's I'm going to assume the MLB. Uh, so man, if you want, uh, if you want some pure. 
baseball, not hindered by the the three outcomes, strikeout, home run, or yeah. or walk. Um, you know, go out to Airhawk Stadium this year for sure. Um, and we 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 in our league just in general, and our coach is a kind of a small ball coach. He's a little traditional, okay. Former major leaguer, kind of grew up in that era where they played a little small ball. Yeah. And our league just in general, um, they don't we don't hit as many home runs. Like we don't have yeah. we don't have the same level of athlete. Yeah. Um, that Pulling a ball. We don't have a Joey Gallo, six five. Dude looks like he was created in a video game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we have just a lot of normal ball players. I mean, good ball players, but they're kind of your guys that. Some some may touch the major league. Some may. Yeah. Well, I've I've gone uh, the last couple of years, and and at least one game I kept score. Yeah. And uh, I'll definitely be doing that again this year. For sure. Um, I look forward to it. Um, Nate, put, I can probably get you up there with my uh, official score and be a that, nice little hangout. Session. Absolutely, that'd be fun because that way you're kind of like, what's going on here? Yeah. If nothing else, I'd like to go meet them. Um, Thanks for coming out, man. 100%. Um, consider it. doing this again. Sounds like if we touch on a baseball strategy, we can go for yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. And that, to me, that that's that's part of the fun. Um, it's a great game. It's a great game. Like I said, and it's, I think the thing, I'll, I'll end on this, the thing about baseball is that it's so much knowledge to know to really enjoy the game. Like, baseline simple. The guy's pitching, this guy's trying to hit, we're trying to move miners around. But when you start to understand the nuances of why we're throwing certain pitches, yeah. and like this guy can really hit a curveball, yeah. So we're not going to throw him a curveball. And when you start looking at it, that's all in data, that's all in books. Like yeah, and if that pitcher is good at curveball, he's got to not throw the curveball, which isn't his best pitch, and so that almost equals each other exactly. out. And the and nuances of the game, and then yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, TexasAirHogsBaseball.com. TexasAirHogsBaseball.com. Season starts May nineteenth. Yep, I'm pretty accessible myself. I mean, you can email me in Gutierrez at TexasAirHogs.com. What's a GA ticket cost? Eight bucks. Eight dollar ticket. Um, every night, almost yeah. every night, you've got some type of fun program going got on. Got a lot of fun promos coming up this year. I mean, we have the kind of standard Star Wars night, Disney night. Uh, and we're doing a couple of fun ones. We're doing Christmas in July with a oh, very cool with a pediatric um, hospital. We're gonna bring out a bunch of kids. It's gonna be a really good night. Um, and if you don't like the Texas heat, Nate will hook you hook you up with a suite, a couple couple more dollars, but get to sit right. in the air conditioning. And, and if you're nice yeah. to Cole, he even might be able to hook you up. Yeah, so. yeah, right. <laughs> Nate, appreciate you coming on, man. No problem, man. See you.